Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. It's a great time to live in Mississippi, and we're talking about it. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show from the Citizens Bank Studio. I want to I want to welcome you to the celebration of the people who work so hard to make Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. I used to say coastal Mississippi, but since the show now airs on Thursdays uh, into the Delta and Jackson market, we'll be adding more days and uh, and more markets as we go forward. I'm excited that we get a chance to learn about Mississippi, learn from people all across the state who are working in the trenches. We're going to be going to my friend Michael Sunderman, the president and publisher of M2 Media. You know him from South Mississippi Living and other publications that he publishes. But I wanted to share with you a little bit as we as we enter sort of the, the final stretch of this year. Again, it's hard to get your head around the fact that 2023 is almost behind us. And now we're starting to reflect on 2023 and starting to think about 2024. So it's amazing how fast time flies. That's why it's important for us to live in the moment. I'll be doing some reviews of shows that we've done over over the course of this year. And you know, more recently, if you missed my conversation, for example, with Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman, I would really encourage you to go to Facebook or YouTube or your favorite podcast and look up the Ricky Matthews show and listen to my conversation with Delbert Hoseman. We actually uh, we talked a little bit about policy, but we talked a lot about uh, just you know reflecting on this time of year, and in particular, obviously, we talked about Thanksgiving, but but uh, what what uh, the lieutenant governor was thankful for, he and I have uh, known each other for a long time. I, I was uh, first introduced to him when he was running for a statewide office when I was publisher of the Sun-Herald, and then when I left, um, I had some, I had responsibilities for Mississippi Press for a period of time when I went over into Alabama, and for a period of time, sort of lost contact, and the 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 real opportunity through this show to reconnect with so many people, including Delbert Hoseman, has been uh, has been a real gift. This show's been a gift to me. But if you missed that conversation, I really encourage you to go to listen to it. You'll you'll get a sense of uh, a lot of things that he's focused on, from education to economic development to the to the really critical healthcare challenges we have in this state. Um, I think you'll enjoy listening to that. I had a, a wonderful conversation with the Department of uh, Public Safety, the Commissioner for the Department of Coast, uh, Public Safety, Sean Tyndall, someone who, again, I've known for many years. He was an assistant attorney, uh, district attorney in Harrison County, and then um, he went on to be a senator and then a judge, and then he's in this position. I, I think Sean uh, has tremendous upward mobility, and one of the things that he and I talked about was the bench strength in the Republican Party. And uh, as I mentioned during that conversation, Frank Bardot, who is an insurance executive who's on this show regularly talking about the insurance challenges, has also uh, he's also the ch- the chairman of the Republican Party in Mississippi. Uh, Frank told me he doesn't look forward to the future in, f- in terms of future political races because there are some really, really, really good conservative uh, Republican candidates that are on the bench now. That are going to be, you know, going up against each other, and you don't like to see that when you're in the 
in uh, in his particular chair. But the fact is, we've got some good bench out there, and uh, I think Sean is among those. And I would encourage you to to go listen to that. Um, anyway, we'll uh, we'll be sharing lots of uh, conversations, like like the continuous conversations I had with Matt McDonald from Mississippi Gulf Coast Community, excuse me, Gulf Coast Coliseum and Convention Center. The enormous success that they're having, the fact that they invest, invested nearly a million dollars in the facility prior during the during the Katrina, excuse me, during the pandemic effort that gave them the ability to go get the big acts and in the coast coliseum man they're they're hitting on a lot of cylinders these days they're beating out you know new orleans and mobile and gulf shores uh they've put coastal mississippi back on the map for big big events and you know they keep getting these million dollar plus events in one night it's a, it's incredible success and the important part about the coast coliseum and Matt will remind you of this when we talk each time is that they are not funded by uh you know they don't have tax dollars coming to them over the transom they they're they they run it like a business they have a P&L they have revenue they got to go get they got to watch their expenses and they have to be innovative that's what a business a privately owned business does and that's the way Matt and his team run it so lots to lot to reflect about we've had a great year on this show uh, so many conversations, as I have said many times, well over 900 conversations. And someone that I enjoy checking in with uh, is my friend Michael Sunderman. We used to be competitors. I would say we were friendly competitors because we had a lot of respect for each other. And it's been great through this show connecting with with Michael, who has given back to the community in so many different ways through his company, M2 Media. Of course, you know them from South Mississippi Living, but they also published uh, Discover South Mississippi, Jackpot Magazine, Mississippi Gaming News, and they are in, into uh, publishing so many other publications for Chambers and others all across coastal Mississippi. With a, without any further ado, let me welcome my friend Michael back to the Ricky Matthews Show. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. Good to see you, Ricky. So look, uh, every time we talk, I look behind you. I see, you know, U.S. Open. I remember, you know, during our competitive years, you used to bring a, a, a bunch of people to the Masters every year. Uh, you love golf, don't you? How, how's your back doing, and how's your golf game? My, my back is, uh, I don't know, 85 percent, and so my golf game is about 85 percent too. So I can still get around. I think I shot. 75 or 76 Saturday, which is decent for me these days. So it's all right. I, I shot a 76 once. On the front nine, yeah. On the front nine, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I joked that I, uh, and you know this, I used to play once a year to remind myself why I don't play. But see, you can't fish and hunt and do the things I like to do and be a golfer because, you, you know, if you're going to be a golfer, you got to put the time into it, don't you? You really do. It's, it's, it's a muscle memory sport and you've got to, you got to swing that club, uh, you know, every other day or two to, to stay in sync. So, but it, I love the game. It's it's my therapy. Like you go out and fish and hunt. That's my therapy too. So, and my brother-in-law's uh, big, big-time golfers, Alan Picard yep. and uh, Peter Bahanovich, both live over on Windance. Yep. And um, you know, they they love to golf, and it's kind his of part playing, of his son's playing for St. Patrick now. Yeah, yeah, little little Peter, Peter, Peter Jr. Uh, we uh, what a, what a, what an amazing kid he is. I sat with him at our Thanksgiving dinner, and I think he had grown six more inches since the last time I talked to him. He's going to be, I think he's going to be a you know well well over six feet tall, and such a such such a good looking young man. And, I, and his his brother Nico is coming along pretty rapidly too. So they got two great young men. I love them to death. I can't fish and hunt with them enough. 
can't spend enough time with them. I just love my family, and and Peter's got two wonderful kids. That's for but sure. I, when I used to coach uh, high school golf at St. Patrick, <clears throat> you'd see a seventh or eighth grader one year, then they come back, and <laughs> and you don't recognize these kids. You know, they, they shoot up, you know, a foot over summertime, and. And they're young men by now. So I know. I, listen, I was—I I mentioned to someone the other day when I was, uh, when my kids were younger, I coached all of their soccer teams. So you know, first Jordan, first excuse me, first Tory, and then Jordan, and then Justin's team, all the way through Select. So for about fifteen years, man, I was coaching two and three teams at a time, traveling, you know, doing the travel thing and all that. I, and I got to know so many incredible young people during that time, you know, and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll be out and about and one will say, Hey, coach Matthews, how you doing? And I'll look and I have no <laughs> idea who that is. And they will yeah. remind me. And of course, you know, you don't recognize it because when you're with them, they're just kids, but, um, Man, it's so awesome to be able to be around kids like that. I know that when you were involved in that, I, I remember you posting and the, how the team was doing. The team did really well. Uh, it's, a, it's a joy to be able to coach kids, isn't it? It is, um, uh, especially if they're genuinely excited about the sport you're coaching um, or they have a little, little, little bit of talent that you can work with. Um, and then, and then to get them to believe in themselves and, and to work as a team, and then to finish our our our, our, our uh, coaching career with three state championships in a row was pretty pretty fun. And like you said, I see kids come up to me, "Hey, coach, how are you?" And I literally don't recognize them. <laughs> Deep voice. One kid's holding a baby. I'm like, "Who's that?" It's my it's my son. I said, "What?" <laughs> I'm getting old. I guess I, that means. <laughs> I, I love it. It's uh, it's 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 what life is all about. That yep. is for sure. Hey, listen, uh, Michael, you're your present publisher with M2 Media with your wife. Uh, tell us, you know, for people who have not heard you and me talk before, tell us about your business. You know, we we, we came here uh, 30 years ago. Uh, Jackpot in, in, in 2024 will turn 30 years old. So we sold our newspaper companies in, in uh, Arizona and Nevada and moved here to start Jackpot uh, nearly 30 years ago. And from Jackpot, we've, we've grown and grown and grown to now uh, – Shows up. This is our our newest little magazine here. If I can do this here, Pascagoula. It's an annual book for the city of Pascagoula. So that's our tenth publication. So we we focus on tourism, economic development. Um, we've got a great relationship with Coastal Mississippi to produce their magazines, Discover Magazine. Um, it's it's been a joy to, to grow this company uh, mm-hmm. and to uh, and have a team around us that 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 really is fully fully engulfed in our mission here so, and then and, and then the other side of this we'd love to help out charities so uh we've we've hit over a million dollars uh early this year we, we topped a million dollars to donations uh, during our time here and that's a lot of cash a lot of a uh, lot of uh, in-kind donations a lot of sponsorships uh we we just were uh, the, uh presenting sponsor for the uh Baker McCarty Renaissance to Runway Fashion Show, which raised uh, $240,000 this year, record for us. That's incredible. Listen, when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with my friend Michael Sunderman from M2 Media. We'll see you after this break.
passion and love for Mississippi is why he's here. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show. I have my friend Michael Sunderman with me now, and uh, he is the uh, president and publisher of uh, M2 Media. M2, uh, Michael and Mary, Mary being his wife. Yep. And uh, he would never acclaim any success without the partnership, would you, Michael? Never, never. She's 50-50, maybe more. Who knows? <laughs> I know she's a force to be reckoned with. Yep. Hey, listen, uh, you mentioned uh, Coastal Mississippi a few minutes ago. And I, I wanted you, I wanted you to, to know that, and you and I, have, we've chatted about this before, but just to give a shout out to Coastal Mississippi. I want to, you know, first of all, Greg Cronin, who's the immediate past chairman, uh, I think did a terrific job of guiding the organization through some difficult times uh, with the departure of the prior executive director and the new executive director coming on. Um, I, th- I think that Jimmy Ladner, the current chairman, I had the opportunity to chat with him over at Cruising the Coast uh, when we did a live remote from Town Green. And I-, I just sense a positive air about the organization. I sense that the executive director feels like she has the uh, ability to to manage now, that they're not being micromanaged, that the board has begun to understand what the board role is. Um, I want if you, people don't know what we're talking about, it doesn't really matter now. We, you know, we we I don't go back and and rehash old stories, but but Coastal Mississippi was really struggling, and it was struggling because there were some board members dabbling too much and doing too much micromanaging, and there were there were some on the Harrison County Board of Supervisors that were frankly just disruptive, and um, so we've got new blood coming on the Board of Supervisors. I think is a good thing. You've got good leadership in place at Coastal Mississippi. And I think the testament to the leadership that has been provided by the Board of Commissioners is the fact that there have been no death ups. You know, the, the things have settled down. Yeah, no and, drama. And no drama. And we're focused on doing what's best for coastal Mississippi. And, uh, you know, sometimes it takes some tough roads to get to a better place, you know. And I think that coastal Mississippi went through that. But they're in a good spot right now, aren't they, my friend? They are. And um, uh, we were talking in a break. There's a you know, they're getting their hands on a lot of federal grant money, too, and that money's going to be used over the next several years to, to really go outside the market and expand their reach and really invite more and more and more and more people here uh, to experience uh, coastal Mississippi. Uh, they've kind of changed their theme a little bit from the secret coast to play coastal Mississippi, and I like that better. Um, I, I think the secret coast was cool for a while, but, you know, all right, the secret's out. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And they're doing they're doing a great job of getting people here, uh, extending their stays, uh, and helping support a lot of the destinations here, destination pieces like the aquarium and the attractions associations uh, to get them more business. And that's that's what they should be doing. I think that what's important about what Coastal Mississippi does, and that's why uh, the gaming leadership was so engaged in this. That's why the business council was so engaged in this. We need to be aligned around where we're headed. And especially, you know, it's unfortunate that we're going through this struggle during the pandemic when, when in fact, in spite of all the noise and drama that was happening, gosh, man, I mean, it, you know, if you think about the work they were doing on the ground, focused on the traveler, the, the drive-in traveler, those who drive their car to the market, 
what they were doing was just incredibly good, incredibly strong and important to to coastal Mississippi. But but aside from that, simply the fact, as you pointed out, the, the branding frame that they put on this community and how it can connect with other marketing efforts. And in the scheme of things, if you think about the amount of money that the gaming industry is spending outside this market, it causes the money that uh, coastal Mississippi actually spends – you know, to pale in comparison. And we're talking about how many, how many, Lord, what does it add up to be, Michael? $100 million plus that they're spending oh, in marketing? Sales, I, w- I would think that'd be a good number. Yeah. They, uh, they, they all do outside marketing, uh, playing programs, uh, player development programs outside the cities at, you know, 500 miles, 1,000 miles out. So uh, it all adds up. But you're right. Uh, unless there's a coordinated team effort uh, with the casino industry, uh, the uh, attractions committees, uh, the restaurant associations, you name it, uh, then we're not we're not getting our full bang for the buck. And the airport, we're the airport, very in, close. In, in the role that they play. So yep. I always like to remind people when when I was involved as the chairman of the tourism effort after Katrina, we we framed. You know, we'll never become a tier one destination resort. You think about Las Vegas as a tier one destination resort. You know, uh, New York is a tier one destination. We can be, we can get close, and the way we get close is we got to have a, a really strong uh, coliseum and convention center, which we do. We've got to have hotel rooms. We've got to have attractions, you know, wide range of attractions, not just cause, not just casinos, but we need family attractions, which we're seeing that grow rapidly now. And we need an airport that's that's uh, terrific. And you know, the, our airport authority, Michael, is doing a great job. We're seeing more and more. Uh, direct flights, non-connecting flights. That's really popular with the public. Um, I have uh, you know, a lot of respect for Clay Williams, who's the executive director there, and their three-man um, uh, board of commissioners. But they're hitting, they're hitting it out of the park right now, aren't they? Yeah, they just brought in. A, it was a breeze, breeze yes. airlines, yes. direct to uh, Tampa, Florida, and to Las Vegas. Yeah, uh, those are great. So yeah, it's fun for us locals to take a trip out of town. But there's people coming back that are way too. What's neat, what's neat about Breeze is that uh, they have new equipment, and you think about a startup uh, air, uh, airline, and you think about maybe getting some, you know, a niche airline like Breeze is, you think about maybe them using used equipment and whatever, but man, this is a heavily capitalized new uh, airline, and um, and they're in it to win it, and now we have access to them, and they're, the other point they make is that the size aircraft that fit Coastal Mississippi really well, not too small, but not too big, just kind of the right size. And uh, you know the uh, Clay and the team there are just thrilled about it. The early 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 response is is very very good. And you know people, you know God bless my friends in New New Orleans. I was a publisher there. I lived there. I understand that city really well. Love it. I love it deeply. But they got some challenges in, in New Orleans, and uh, it, it, they even have some challenges with the new airport because you know they you know the 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 way you rent a car in some cases how you park is still at the old airport it's a very awkward scenario yeah People, my, wife, my wife and daughter are going over to see a show this week but they're not going to stay overnight yeah you know yeah. it's just yeah. So what's happening town for two young ladies starting to weigh that into their decision. And mm-hmm. as they begin to realize that the, if it, in some cases they'll pay less, in some cases they might pay a little bit more. But when you when you take the tank of gas and the parking fees and the and the travel and maybe the unsettledness of going through, you know, I-10 during, you know, in East New Orleans where yep. there are too many shootings, um, you know, it's they feel safer if they go to Gupport Airport. And 
you know, again, not speaking ill of my friends in, in New Orleans, but it's just a reality. I mean, it's, it's a reality. It's something that weighs in people's, you know, calculus. And, and it starts at the mayor's office and works down. So, you know, they, they, they've got to clean up that leadership over there. Yeah, they've got some real challenges for sure. They really do. So, Michael, how's business? We, we're, you know, it's, it will head into December now. So uh, we've had another good year. Uh, I told you earlier, we, we started Pascula Magazine. Uh, we, we've done um, a lot of neat niche publishing pu- projects like Ocean Springs Shopping Guide, uh, Play on the Bay for Hancock County Tourism, uh, Discover for the Coastal Tourism Bureau. Um, so, you know, we've kind of diversified, Ricky, I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, so we don't, we're not so lean heavily on jackpot, jackpot, jackpot was our main source of income. And living, living continues to thrive. Um, uh, people love it. Uh, we've got a, a brand that's stronger than you know what, and um, just it's an easy sell, so to speak. It, it, it's it's a terrific one. You and I discussed this before, but uh, one of the one of the as a former publisher, I understand really well <laughs> the issues around newsprint costs and other raw components that are that are part of the printing process. Newsprint just ran amok there for a while. Is it starting to settle down some? Uh, yeah, it was up as high as 40% for about a year and a half. Um, and now it's just, just starting to drop down, maybe drop down 7, 7%, I think it was the drop we had. Uh, still still higher than we were paying two years ago by far, though. Yeah. So you can only adjust your rates so much, Ricky, before you start pushing advertisers out of your products. So yeah. you have to adjust your... Your, I guess, your uh, expectations of profit on that. I guess. Yeah, I, I get it completely. Is this, Mike? Is this a, is this a component of demand not being what it used to be, and the those who are buying newsprint being, you know, it, whether it be magazines or, or newspaper newsprint, just 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 not as many, you know, active companies with the kind of circulation they used to have, and the newsprint companies are having to downsize. I mean, what's the major well, you know, economic? You, you and I were at at a high level in the newspaper business for years. Um, and you look around now, and there a lot of them are gone. There's gone or greatly reduced, or a circulation of a of a, of a newsprint used to be quarter of a million, maybe twenty five thousand now. So that's a lot of newsprint they're not using. The other thing is online shopping. People are shopping more and more online. So a lot of the paper plants have converted into a box stock, you know, a cardboard stock uh, product. So to to meet the demand for boxes, UPS shipping, FedEx shipping boxes. Yeah, it's crazy out there. Yeah. It yeah, is, we, it, see, we saw a big bump up in, in glossy uh, uh, paper price too. So, well, we got to see it. We got to see newsprint uh, manufacturers during their heyday, and oh, I yeah. remember visiting uh, multiple manufacturing facilities over the years. Fascinating process. Yep. Very focused on the quality of, of the newsprint and whatever. But those days are gone. It's amazing how fast it happened. Of course, we yeah. all, we, we sort of saw it coming, but. But for niche publications, yeah. But for niche publications like yours, there's still a terrific market, and that's great to see. Hey, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Michael Sunderman from M2 Media. We'll see you after this break. Mississippi. It's the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1. 
<laughs> Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show. I have my friend Michael Sunderman from uh, M2 Media. He's the president, publisher, owner with his wife, Mary. And he's a good friend. I re- really do mean that, too, actually. It's, uh, it's great to have friends like Michael. And uh, you know, we, can, uh, we, we bounce ideas off each other all the time. And we both have a strong, strong belief in coastal Mississippi and where it's headed. So we, we, we talk about that on a regular basis. But you know, speaking of coastal Mississippi, as you heard at the beginning of the show, I've done a, I've done since I started this over three years ago, going on four years. Michael, it's hard to think about. It's been almost four years of me doing this show. That's a lot of shows. Over a thousand conversations now. Yeah. It's truly incredible. But you know, during during those conversations, I, I've enjoyed. So many of them, you know, people that no one knows about, people who they may know about, but only heard of, but understand, you know, helping people understand who they are. People like investors, you know, invest, people who are investing private money, what I say, betting the ranch in coastal Mississippi. But you see what's happening in downtown Biloxi and Ocean Springs and Pascagoula and Bay St. Louis and Waveland's coming on strong now. I loved in my conversation with Woody Bailey as we discussed cruising the coast. And now that they've added Waveland, now they've completed the, you know, they have every coastal Mississippi community involved in it now. But he was thrilled about being able to go over to Waveland and see that, you know, Waveland's re-emerging from its uh, almost desert existence after Hurricane Katrina. But we have we have really done well, and people are investing in coastal Mississippi. The sense of place that I talk about all the time is emerging as our competitive advantage. These collection of communities that make up coastal Mississippi. But you're in a good position. You you stay you stay very much in touch with casino executives. You know how competitive they are. Not I'm not talking about just with each other. It's less that and more about competitive with other uh, gaming jurisdictions across America. But we are coastal Mississippi. In spite of the challenges and the higher interest rates, we're still hitting on a lot of cylinders, aren't we? We really are. And and, and what's fun about what we do here is we're the storytellers. We get to we get to tell all the stories of all the good stuff that's happening here. Um, and like you said, a lot of our stories are on on a big project. But we love we love the, the 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 little mom and pop stories too, or the kind of person you don't hear much about, or the charity that doesn't get much publicity. We'd love to step in and give them some a good copy and some good press because there's a lot to talk about here. You know, we can publish twice as many pages, I guess, of good stories. So uh, it's, it's, it's what we love to do, and uh, there's plenty, plenty of uh, stories to tell. And people wondered after the, uh, you know, because think about this, during, during the pandemic, Coastal Mississippi and the casinos did an incredibly good job of focusing on the drive-in market because, as we learned during those shows during the pandemic, over 80% of the people who come to coastal Mississippi come here in their cars. Mm-hmm. And so they, you know, the powers that be recognized both within the tourism community and within the gaming community that they needed to really market heavily to the drive-in market. And man, that paid serious dividends. When you think about having sort of that strategic objective with the database marketing capabilities that they have, um, we did really well through the pandemic. So a lot, and they had a lot of federal money out there, and you know, people wondered about what would that, what would the impact be when the federal money ran out, and uh, the pandemic was gone. How would the gaming community do? And you know, they've held their own. I mean, you know, I was having a conversation with a leader at Boerivage the other day, and she said Boerivage is having some of his best days ever. Yeah, uh, that's true all along the coast, isn't it? It is uh, twenty, yeah, two thousand twenty, two thousand twenty-one, twenty-two were record years for gaming. 
I think 23 is going to come in really strong, but not necessarily a record. Um, and going back to the pandemic, remember that theme they had, play it safe. And they they really uh, came up with some plans that, that assured the guests or the visitor here that all the precautions were, were being taken to make sure your room's clean and sterilized, uh, the, the playing space and restaurants. And I tell you, that... That just shattered uh, people's expectations of, of how many people come here, and we couldn't we couldn't uh, ha- hardly house them all uh, for a while. So, but yeah, the gaming the gaming strong. Um, we just did a fun event, Ricky, for the gaming uh, association. We did the first annual Mississippi Casino Cup uh, uh, tournament up in Tunica, Mississippi. We had a, a lot of a lot of casinos come up to Tunica and play Tunica National. Look at this! Look at this thing! Can you see? Wow! It's, it's holding. Describe for the radio audience what you're holding. This is a giant uh, casino cup. It's the inaugural casino cup. And you see right here, uh, Island View Casino won the, won the inaugural casino cup. So um, that'll, that'll be a perennial tournament. And then every year you have to fight to get your name on that tournament. So I'll be taking this down to uh, uh, the, the Carters down at Island View, and they get to keep that in the executive office for a year for bragging rights. And next year someone else is going to try to take it. That that'll be that'll be a lot of fun, you know. Yeah. I, it's it is cool, you know. As competitive as they may be, the casino industry does a great job sticking together, don't they? They do. Um, you know, there's a lot of rules and stuff that they can and cannot discuss, and rates and stuff like that. But overall, they're they're trying to make the experience, whether it be in Tunica, Vicksburg, uh, Green Greenville, uh, the coast, as something that, um, on a whole, is a great experience, and they know. When they invite a guest down here, they're going to go out and look around. They're going to go try another yeah. casino. Hopefully, they're going to try some great uh, local restaurants, too. But they they, they are, um, as you said, very competitive. But they understand the big picture is you've got you to give these uh, guests a great experience uh, in any market they come to in Mississippi. And they continue to invest heavily. And for people who are not familiar with the story of coastal Mississippi, I had the real honor of being the publisher uh, of the Sun Herald during some of the most important formative days of the casino industry. And what Mississippi, Mississippi got it right because Mississippi said, we're going to not limit the number of casinos. We're going to let the market decide how that works. We're not going to overtax them. If you look at other other gaming jurisdictions, they saw that as a way to get a sugar daddy for their community. And uh, so they're taxed, of course, and it comes back to education. It comes back to cities and counties in the state, but not overtaxed when you compare the taxes they're paying in Mississippi compared to other communities. And so when the Gaming Commission comes together, they're really focused on we want to continue to make sure that we have a regulatory environment that makes it possible for us to do business in a way that's competitive and that we're not overly, overly regulated and and that we have a, a taxing situation. We, we're cool. We understand that our taxes go back to building a better Mississippi, but we don't want to be overtaxed because if we if we every dollar we pay in taxes, probably less money we're going to pay on marketing that brings people here or on employees that, that helps us serve that serve this community. So it's really worked and it is a magic story. Uh, and it's a, it's one of the reasons why Coast of Mississippi and Mississippi, for that matter, has been really, really successful at a time when we've seen uh, the proliferation of gaming all across the United States. I mean, it's, it's it's one of the key reasons we've been successful, hasn't it, Michael? Yeah, I think we were the third state to get uh, legalized gaming, and and now I think it's in, I think it's in 42 or 44 states now. Some some form of gaming. Uh, there's a push now to. Um, 
kind of take the uh, sports betting online or, you know, uh, on your phone. Uh, and, and there's a debate within the casino industry here in Mississippi of what's right and what, you know, do they want it or don't they want it? Um, you know, I don't want to hold on a lot about it, but uh, uh, we're seeing other states have taken that uh, approach and sucking money out of Mississippi in terms of gaming because you can <clears throat> literally just cross the state line and place a bet somewhere now. Hey, Michael, what I, here's how, what I compare it to, and, and I, I don't have a dog in the hunt, but just from a technological competitive point of view, um, sometimes you can, you can attempt to stop something like that from happening, but you're not, you're not recognizing that this is where it's headed. And this, this, this reminds me of uh, newspaper companies that tried to ignore the internet and tried to hoard their content and and protect their circulation and not and they didn't as a result prepare for the inevitability of where this the, the digital tsunami was going sometimes the handwriting's on the wall and uh, and and this may be a case with sports betting that that's the case as well there may be some intricacies about it that I don't fully appreciate but it does seem to me that technologically you can only hold that back for so long. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I think the people that are arguing uh, for for it have strong opinions, and certainly the ones that are saying, hey, wait a minute, this is not necessarily good for all of us. Because I think this really this really probably benefits the biggest casinos in the state who have the money to install the software and uh, the technology stuff, whereas the smaller casinos would not have that ability. So that's probably yeah. that's probably the West, that's why I see it, at least. That's, the, the pros and, and then, and then sometimes waiting, you get a chance to really understand where is it headed. You know, uh, you don't have to be so speculative about it. You can, you know, some there there will be more certainty around what's happening around the United States, and to what extent is that affecting Mississippi's ability to gain that dollar, and other states are getting that instead. That's something that will benefit, I think, closing the gap on that. Sometimes when they first, when they first launched sports betting. Uh, no one kind of knew the impact, and it was way, way bigger than they expected. Uh, it's yeah. a, a, a huge new uh, piece of the pie, so to speak, for these casinos to do that. And now they're seeing it slip away to other states. So they're, they're probably going to make a move on that one. So. Yeah, it's really, it's really important, but it's part of the ever-changing, you know, market and and the digital tsunami that hits every industry, whether you like it or not. Uh, you have to understand. How can I benefit from it? It's better to have a fraction of a dollar than no dollar at all. So that's some that's some of the decisions that people have to make. Hey, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Michael Sundeman, president and publisher of M2 Media. Hey, we'll talk about uh, the Baco Foundation Renaissance to Run, Runway and what's the latest at the Mississippi Aquarium. He's on the board there. We'll see you after this. Matthew show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthew show from the Citizens Bank Studio. I have my friend Michael Sunderman, who's the president and publisher of M2 Media. You know South Mississippi Live in the magazine, Discover South Mississippi, Jackpot Magazine, Mississippi Gaming News, and many other publications here in coastal Mississippi that they're involved in. It's been great catching up with you, Michael. I told Michael during the break that it feels like we talked yesterday, even though it's been a while. 
But, um, you know, it all comes back to you pretty quickly when you've got a partner in the community like Michael, where we've worked together for a long time, Michael. I don't even want to, you know, actually, you know, I met you when you first entered the entered this market. Now, how long ago was that? It'll be 30 years uh, in 2024. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That makes you feel old, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, I, I got a lot of wisdom I gained over the years. I don't feel like I'm that old, though. I really don't. I'm 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 a I'm young at heart, and I feel good. Thank God. I I do thank God as I do the sound yeah. of the cross, and hope to stay that way. That's for sure. You know, you uh, you've been active in the community, uh, Michael, for for a lot of years. You're you're you personify what it's like to to be an entrepreneur and work hard hard in your business. But also, you know, your willingness to get back, give back. And one of the things that you've been involved in, and you've seen a lot of change there, is the Mississippi Aquarium. And I think one of the most important changes they made a few years ago, and we've talked about it in past shows, but it's this notion of getting real business leaders engaged in the board, people who have, you know, have to sign paychecks and really know what it means to be competitive and market and all of that. The aquarium is really going through a lot of really important uh, changes uh, in terms of its exhibits and lots of other things. But the board has been active, and you've had some good success, haven't you? We have. I, I came on the board uh, while it was being constructed. Um, that's So I've been on there like four or five years, yes. Um, and uh, probably about a year and a year and a half ago, maybe two years, Mayor Billy Hughes came to the board and said, all right, guys, you got to work harder. We're not we're not meeting the the expectations or the goals, so um, kind of give us all a little swift kick in the butt. And said, you know, I know this is a volunteer position, but you got to work harder. So uh, we actually went out then and and looked for some some people, like you said, in the community that had a little skin in the game, and we brought in about six or seven new board members that have really made a big change to us. Um, brought in some different people in different uh, positions. Uh, and then we uh, designed and opened up Changing Tides. Um, gosh, that was about six months ago. And that's a whole new multi-million dollar exhibit. We had a we had a, a building that we're using for multi-purpose stuff that was just kind of open inside. And now when you go inside, it's a it's a trail through different uh, fresh waters and and um, uh, Caribbean water fish and uh, and we have spiders and bugs and then stuff then birds and a sloth. Um, and that's really, really impacted attendance. In fact, we, we, we tied our attendance record for all of 2022 uh, by October. Uh, so we had two months left to go. Uh, we already uh, uh, beat the record. So we're having a good, good year on attendance. Our, our profitability is looking better and better. We're not profitable yet. I want to say that. Um, but our losses are less and less and less down to a fairly manageable position. And we think with the trend lines now, uh, we'll be profitable in the very near future. And, well, you, uh, you know, you wouldn't expect to be profitable given the kind of investment and the kind of operational costs and really starting. You have to understand the market. You know, you have to understand how is this going to fit in the market? What's what's the what's the role of this attraction? And what does you know, you, you're dealing with up to this point, a lot of speculative P&L stuff. Yep. Now you're in the real world. And you're just in the real world appropriately. And, you know, you, you mentioned the changing tides. I haven't seen it yet. I look forward to getting by and taking a look at it. But it's 20-plus uh, new exhibits. 
uh, I've had the opportunity to speak to leadership from there. They've been on my show to talk about it. But, you know, what what they've done, and I think this is important, is they listen carefully to what people, visitors say. And, you know, one of the things they said is they want, to, they want it to be constantly fresh to them. So if someone's a member, for example, and they come this year, they want to be able to come next year again and see new stuff. They want, they don't want it to feel the same. They don't want, they don't, you can't let stale be the name of the game. It has to be fresh and you have to be constantly thinking about how fresh it should be. But what's different about running an aquarium than like running a casino? Casinos are always thinking this way. You know, you gotta be, you gotta be fresh. Uh, And they've really listened carefully and you guys have made tremendous investments in that, haven't you? We have, uh, I think about a hundred million total now uh, all in. So, um, but listen, our insurance is well over a million dollars a year. Uh, just to keep the pumps and stuff running is millions of dollars a year. Feed the fish, millions of dollars a year. Replace the fish that pass away, millions of dollars a year. So there's a high revenue goal uh, to do that. And we need about we need about 400,000 visitors a year to really to really be robust and profitable. Uh, and we'll, we're, we're right around that 300,000 mark right now. So we need to increase it by about 20, 30, 40% to, to really make this thing work. And we're, and we're, we're doing more and more unique uh, events there. Um, Bluey, the cartoon character, was a huge hit. We've got the, the mermaids coming in. Uh, we're, we're on a campaign right now to raise money to build a, an exhibit for our, for our uh, penguins. And we've got you know half dozen penguins that need a home right now. Wow. Yeah. That's that's incredible. I think I think the penguins will be a bigger attraction than dolphins. Hey, listen, we didn't have time to talk about it, but the Baco Foundation Renaissance Runway Fashion Show raised over two hundred forty thousand dollars this year. You guys were heavily involved in that. But listen, thanks for your contributions to the community. It's always great to catch up with you. I'm glad to hear you guys are doing well. And uh, so, thank you for joining me, my friend. Thank you, thank you, Ricky, my friend. Appreciate you it. Bet. This has been Michael Sunderman, the president and publisher of M2 Media. Have a great day, and we will see you tomorrow. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.